Well, it is a delight to be back. It was a delight to be gone, but it's a delight to be back. And I want to say a personal word of thanks to the Personnel Committee for granting a study leave, and they did so on your behalf. So thank you to you as well. And oh my gosh, what a choral anthem that was. The first stanza is about Nicodemus, and our scripture is too. It's from John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with that person. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? I'm pretty sure I've told you before that pre-COVID, my wife and I, along with two or three other couples, would every year go to a marathon showing of the movies nominated for Best Picture. In the old days, you know, it was only a handful. Nowadays, it can be ten. This meant two consecutive Saturdays, five movies in a row. It was great. We would get up in between and walk the halls and talk about the one we'd just seen. And on the second Saturday, of course, we started to talk about, well, which one do you want to win and which one do you think will win? It was amazing. Because they had expanded to 10, you not only got the better known, but the lesser known, the ones not getting Oscar buzz. I think about that because the Gospel of John, where we read today, was made into a movie about 10 years ago. It did not get Oscar buzz. Surprise, surprise. It wasn't at AMC in a marathon. It was at the Tivoli. And the night I went... Afterwards, there were a group of scholars who gave their kind of response and had some Q&A. It was very well done, which is a little bit surprising because sometimes they don't do well with Jesus and Gospels, but there was no red carpet, let's be clear. If I were directing a movie based on the Gospel of John, there is no question this story has to be included. It is not going to end up on the editing floor. And in terms of casting, well, it gets a little tricky. Yes, Nicodemus is not a, I mean, he's not a main character. He's not like Jesus. He's not even a supporting character like Peter, one of the disciples. But his role is crucial and really brilliantly laid out. So I was thinking somebody like Denzel Washington or Anthony Perkins or, or maybe you. And here's why I say that. 
when they're having this conversation, Jesus and Nicodemus, it's just, well, you this and you that. But when he says, you must be born from above or again, he, he changes it to y'all. It's the plural. And so scholars have suggested, we're not supposed to just read this. We're supposed to be memorizing our lines. We will play this part. So as the director, I thought I would give you a few cues and clues as to how you might want to play it. You'll notice it's at night. Now, there are scenes in movies where that signals intimacy, right? Lovers with a glass of wine in a dark restaurant. I think in this case, it's secrecy. Nicodemus is a leader of the Jews, going to visit Jesus by night. And this Jesus, he's a questionable character at this point. So I kind of picture him as looking over his shoulder, maybe staying in the shadows, knocking on the door. Master, it's me, Nicodemus, let me in. Second thing you need to know is you're a Pharisee. Now, if you grew up in Sunday school thinking, ah, oh, hypocrite, no. You may not get this part. It's actually the opposite. The Pharisees were not religious by, you know, um, their, their job. They weren't clergy. They were lay people, but very dedicated to the things of God and especially the scriptures. And in this story, both Jesus and Nicodemus are called teachers. In other words, what we have here is a conversation, a deep conversation among deep thinkers. It doesn't get off to a great start, however. Nicodemus starts and says, Teacher, we know you've come from God. We've seen the signs you can do, which, of course, would be the one in the previous chapter, 120 gallons of wine. We've seen the signs. And Jesus says, well, no one can see the kingdom of God. You hear it? It's like, it's like they're on the different page of the script. What page are you on, man? And, and they can't quite get their lines together. In the essence, what Jesus says is, you, you may have seen the signs, but do you know how to read them? Do you know how to make sense of the signs? Which got me to thinking about that commercial, actually two of them last week. Because it was the Super Bowl, we not only watched the game, we watched the commercials. And instead of Clydesdales, we got Jesus. Who'd ever thought that would happen? Two of them about Jesus. And there's a controversy about where the money comes from and how much was spent. But the, the commercials themselves, they've been running for a while. They are surprisingly well done. You know, there's this montage of scenes and always the same punchline. You know it. He gets us. Jesus. That's pretty good. In fact, the Gospel of John's all about how he gets us. He becomes flesh and pitches his tent among us and lives among us. He totally gets us. But the question in John's Gospel is not, does Jesus get us? The question is, do we get him? And the answer is apparently no. Nicodemus and Jesus, they are talking on different levels. When they get to that point, Jesus says, you must be born anathen. That's the Greek word, anathen. It means from above, a, a heavenly thing. Nicodemus thinks anathen again, which it can also mean again. It's a play on words. Jesus is saying you need a heavenly birth, and Nicodemus is saying, look, I just don't see it happening. How's a grown man going to get back in the mother's womb? Jesus is talking about a spiritual birth from above, 
and Nicodemus is doing biology and physics. I, I, don't, I don't see it. So knowing this is going nowhere, Jesus then says, okay, it's like this. The, the wind, it blows where it wishes. You, you, you hear it, you, don't, you can't see it, but you feel it. That's the way it is with the Spirit. It just so happens that wind and spirit and breath are all the same word in Greek. It's another wordplay. And Nicodemus, he doesn't get it. Jesus is talking about some kind of spiritual thing happening in our lives. And Nicodemus is talking about the weather. Yeah, it has been a little windy lately. Jesus gets us. Do we get Jesus? There's so many things to unpack in this short little story. But at least one of them is how is it we come to God? How does that happen? Theologians name these two approaches, punctiliar and process. Normally, you'd have to pay tuition to get this, but this is your lucky day. Punctiliar is very simple. It just means point in time. And there's this whole branch of theology, mostly evangelical, that says, yes, you have to be born again at a point in time. And you have to say these words, and you have to mean it, and you better remember that you'd said it, because if you can't remember the moment in time when you said this, do you hear it? There's, there's four spiritual laws, but there's no mystery and wind. It's just boom. Process, on the other hand, says, mm, yeah, but it's kind of a process. We, we, we sort of come to God in stages all of our lives, and there are many moments when we decide for or against. And, and maybe it's possible to be born from above again and again and again. And I think the Gospel of John would agree with the process one. And here's why I say that. Because Nicodemus appears on stage three times in the Gospel of John, not just once. See, you thought I'd given you a bad part. You get to come back on stage two times. Here's what happens in the next one. There's a kind of authority, a, a council that's formed. And Nicodemus, leader of the Jews, he sits on this council, and the controversy this day is about Jesus. They've sent out authorities, guards to arrest him, but they refuse. He's too popular. So they come back and say, no, 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 we, did, we didn't do it. So now you have this debate within the council. What are we going to do about this Jesus? Nicodemus gets one line. You can remember this one line, but how are you going to say it? This is what he says. Yeah, but does our law condemn somebody without at least giving them a hearing? I mean, you know what? I, it, that's what he says. There's a kind of sense of bravery. He's stepping out, but there's also a hesitancy. The wind's blowing, but he's not quite there. He's, he's more like he's on the fence. The third scene, no lines. Jesus is dead. He's on a cross. A fellow by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, a very wealthy man, secret disciple of Jesus, has come to take the body and to bury him in his own grave. And he's accompanied by Nicodemus. And Nicodemus has this huge, extravagant amount of burial spices. You can figure out what to make of that. Scholars have for years said, well, okay, here's, here's the way you, you got to play this part. 
Either Nicodemus is a religious man who almost became a follower of Jesus, but not quite, or he became a follower of Jesus, but secretly. Just, just don't talk about it. Thankfully, a scholar suggested another way. She says, no, no, no. It's ambiguous on, pur on purpose so that everyone who plays the part of Nicodemus has to figure out how to play it. What if our coming to God is this mysterious process that unfolds over time? It's as inexplainable as the wind, and, and it, it can just happen over and over in your life. You can be born from above again and again and again. I think about my friend Carol. She was an Episcopal priest. She used to be on staff at the National Cathedral in D.C., which is where I met her, and she told me one day how she had had a life of acting on soap operas. And if you saw her, you'd believe it. She was gorgeous. But I said, how did you get from acting on soaps to priest? And she said, yeah, it was a good life. Let me, let me just be clear about this. I mean, I made a ton of money, had a beautiful apartment in New York City, went with the cast every evening for drinks. But I finally decided I wanted to tell a better story. Isn't that good? I wanted to tell a better story. That's the spirit the wind of God blowing. Or I think about my friend Eric. Eric married to Felicia, who was a student of mine years ago. And I kept up with him over time. Eric was a physician. Felicia, of course, went into ministry. She called me and said something had happened. And I thought, oh, no, I thought the worst. He'd been sick. But she said, no, no, it's quite the opposite. Eric had had some kind of religious experience. I mean, he was already Christian and going to church, but he had some kind of experience. He, he had said, we need to sell this home. It's too big. We're going to give the money to the poor. We'll downsize. He started volunteering to do eye exams at the school, doing all kinds of things for the needy in the city. I was blown away just listening to the story. And when I hung up the phone, I, I thought, <laughs> my doctor friend who's delivered his share of babies has just been born from above again. And it can happen. A year after that, I think it was about a year, I went to stay with them. They'd moved to North Carolina. I arrived late at night. We stayed up later talking. Finally, they showed me to the guest room. Curtains were pulled back. And it was a full moon. It was lighting up the, the sky. It was lighting up the room. You could see the tall Carolina pines. And I remember as I laid down and closed my eyes, I could hear the wind blowing, whistling through those pines. Who knows where that wind will blow next? 